Hello, welcome to the Go Home Podcast. We are your hosts, Mary and Michael Leppard. We have been in the homeschooling world for over 25 years. We authored the Homeschooling Almanac and the Homeschooling Book of Lists. We produced 14 homeschool conventions over the years with speakers such as John Taylor Gatto and David and Mickey Colfax. Our publication, The Link Homeschool Newspaper, brought together all religions and all styles of homeschooling. We began with the idea that all religions and all styles of homeschooling have something to learn from each other. We are producing the Go Home podcast with the same sentiment. The Go Home podcast will focus on all things home. Homeschooling, homeworking, home living, and why Americans are going back to their homes. Welcome to the Go Home podcast. Basket weaving is a universal essential element in mankind's history. This craft is very popular today, and for homeschoolers, it provides a central topic for a unit study. While learning the art of weaving, a child can study the materials used in different areas of the world, as well as the history and culture of indigenous peoples worldwide. Let Royal Wood Limited in Ohio be your supplier for all materials and instruction in this ancient and useful skill. Visit www.royalwoodltd.com for complete information. Welcome to the Go Home Podcast. Today, Michael and I are going to be talking about working from home. And for us, we're going to be talking about working from home and homeschooling. We will be interviewing three guests, one who is having to work from home because of the COVID-19, Valerie Shuda, a public school teacher in Phoenix. Another guest is Jeffrey Okar, owner of Jeffrey Okar Wedding Photography in Denver, who usually works from home and is now completely confined to home with his wife and toddler son. And finally, Haley Dreis, who worked from home long before the COVID-19, then began working in an office, and who is now having to work from home again. We're hoping that these three guests, along with us, can provide you tips and ideas about working from home, even long after the wicked COVID-19 is gone. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, we've been working from home forever, right? Like 25 years? Yes, something like that. But in between the times of working from home, we also were homeschooling and homeworking and what I like to call home living. And what I mean by home living is we, you know, when you, when you end up eliminating one job from the family and you end up homeschooling, money can sometimes be an issue. So home living really means that you try to do everything from home. I mean, people who do home living have a garden usually we cook food from scratch. We try to do everything that that is in our life based from home, sort of like the early early colonists, yeah, right? Yeah, colonials, right, right. And so, um, you know, we think a lot about that, especially while we were homeschooling, that the early Americans actually drew everything from their home. Most of the sustenance as far as Definitely as far as food, I mean, imagine people in the in the 1750s up until 1910 going to eat in restaurants all the time. I mean, that just didn't happen. That was unheard of. Right. So women and people and men too, I don't mean just women, knew how to make things from scratch. And and they also taught their children at home. Well, another aspect is that the, the colonials, uh, most of the fathers were uh, engaged in some kind of trade, blacksmithing or, or you know. Farming. Farming. And so the children knew where the father was because they saw him all the time. And, of course, the mother was, was in the home 
all the time. So um, there was a sort of a closeness that was a natural thing uh, for humans. And um, the, uh, the kids would often become apprentices to whatever the father's trade was. So I think now what's happening, even though we're in the mentality of, you know, now a lot of people are being forced home because of the COVID virus and people will be listening to this podcast long after it's over, but people are having to adapt to working from home and being around their kids all day, which is really hard. Like for us, we homeschooled. And I remember in the beginning, we did a curriculum in a box. We did Calvert curriculum and we did school like it was a verb. And we did it at a certain time when you would go to your job. Remember you worked at a nine to five job. And after you would leave, I also was a home chef and I cooked for three different clients. So I would try to homeschool and try to do my home cooking all at the same time. But I can definitely tell you that life got better when I involved my then seven-year-old, maybe six. He was probably Mm -hmm. six then. Six, yeah. You'd go off to your job and we'd say, bye, daddy. And Mm -hmm. then we'd make breakfast and then we'd sit down with the Calvert curriculum But then I'd have to deliver my food to three clients by noon in Los Angeles, California. So anyone who knows LA, I had to go from Brentwood to Hollywood, back to Venice, and then back to Santa Monica all by noon, which was very, very difficult. Very hard to do. And I always felt so much stress. I felt like, how in the world am I going to do this curriculum and do the schoolwork? And then Around 2.30 every day, I had to leave to go to uh, Lennon's uh, music lessons and drive down Wilshire Boulevard with all the traffic. It was really difficult. And my life didn't really get easier. And at that time, you were still working a regular job. right? And it didn't get easier till I started involving my little boy in my cooking. And as soon as I did that, one of the things I did is, you know, when I would lay out my containers, I would say... You know, I'm I'm going to put all the rice in the containers and you do the beans. And I'm telling you, he thought it was so much fun. He would jump up from his Legos just to help me. And then we're going to package everything up and we're going to deliver to this guy. And then we're going to deliver to that guy. And I just remember, I, I think the biggest things with children is that even if you're only homeschooling, quote unquote, temporarily, is to involve them in your life and you get involved in their lives and make it sort of like, not a verb, make it more like this is something that we're all doing together because children really want meaningful purpose. And I learned that from John Holt in all of his books. And uh, that's the whole idea of having, you know, just doing having doing homeschooling that isn't even really homeschooling. It's a lifestyle. It's home living. Yeah, it's home it's living. It's life, a lifestyle, yeah. So it's really hard though for people who are just, their kids have been in school their whole lives and you've got a 12-year-old who's used to doing curriculum and he's used to having a rigid schedule. All of a sudden they're at home. Now I know that's really hard for people to figure out what to do, but the best thing I can say is just to relax a little bit, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, one analogy, one metaphor that I had read that I really appreciated was that school is like life frozen in ice cubes and homeschooling is like a stream. And if you look at life that way... Oh, I like that. A lot of us live... I think I made it up. Oh, uh, just now? <laughs> I'm, no, 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 long ago. When we wrote our first book, I wrote oh. I made it up. So anyway, I didn't want to blow my own horn, but what the heck. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, 
when you're living at home like this, especially under forced circumstances, um, it's the best thing to do is not resist. Um, resistance is futile. Just, you know, you just let your life flow. And, and like if your child starts to read a book that he or she is really engaged in, let him read it all day. It's okay. Um, because in the end, that will work to your benefit. Right, because, you know, that reminds me of something one of our um, one of our uh, speakers uh, or guests on the podcast in, in the next one is going to be the Learning Styles, Maria Emma Palula Willis. She said something that struck me. Now, I know she said this to me before, like 20 years ago, but she said reading and math are not, you can't get behind in them. Those are skills that you learn. And once you learn them, you know them, which is really interesting. I mean, I know, like I noticed today you picked up the Math Essentials Adult Math Mm, Book to practice long division, to exercise our brains. Like I know you can practice math and you can practice reading. And today I read a really long article out loud. Michael and I like to read to each other just to exercise my articulation and my brain. But the truth of the matter is, if I never read another thing, I would not forget how to read. Right. And she said, if you, if a child who's 12 or 8 knows how to read at a certain level, they might not progress, but they will not forget because reading and math are skills. They're not something anyone can get behind in. Now, I don't know what she says you can get behind in. Well, but I, I suppose memorizing dates in history, I suppose, but even that, Because maybe you think, could forget it, but... Yeah, but if once you have, I think once you have a timeline in your mind of like this happened before this, um, that's not going to fade either. Right, right. So I don't know what there would be. So we hope that... Our guests on the show today, we have three fabulous guests, and we're really hoping that they will bring you some insight to the good things and the bad things about home, mainly homeworking. These are three guests that do homeworking. And uh, home living and homeschooling is, for us, is just part of the whole thing. And I mean, the best advice I can give after having done it for 25 years and then raising someone totally homeschooled and him working in our business the whole time and having zero punctuation to our lives, except for putting out our magazine and our uh, homeschool conventions. But, But our best times were when I was let up on being so hard on myself. And it really took me about 10 years to do that. Yeah. And <laughs> I still don't do it. But now, but but to not be so rough on yourself and to say that you don't have to manage your personal self like like it's like a drill sergeant. You can relax because life is fluid and everything really flows in a circle and not linear. There's nothing in life that's truly, truly linear. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, from my experience and for what I believe. Mm-hmm. So enjoy this episode. And we hope you get something from it. And we're happy to have you listening to us. And thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yes. America and Britain, their biblical origins and prophetic destiny. In this free booklet, you will learn that the lost tribes of Israel weren't lost at all, and they have a special relationship to two of the most important countries in the world. It is a fascinating story of God's timeless plan. For your copy, visit www.cbcg.org, go to the Library tab, and then choose Booklets. Hi, Haley. This is Mary from the Go Home Podcast. And Michael from the Go Home Podcast. How are you? Hi, Mary and Michael. Doing good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Where are you? 
Well, I guess like everyone else, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> well, where else would we where be? Where else would we be? There's well, no place like home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to talk to you about being home and working from home and just your experience. I I know that you worked for a tech company for the last three or four years, two different tech companies. And before this COVID virus thing, you had a regular full-time job that was always work from home, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I want to just share with the listeners what it, if you could give them any tips about working from home or how it felt for you to work from home for the, the first tech job, because I know from conversations we've had in the past that you were pretty much chained to your workstation and signed in and off of com- your computer and had to be there very rigidly. Um, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. My work from home journey is pretty interesting in that it's definitely evolved over time. Um, I originally was seeking a work from home job when, um, as a touring musician, I wanted to be able to work remotely and not be tied down to the place that I was. Oh, and it that's gave me a, great. Yeah. I loved it. Um, now at, at first I really loved being able to work from home, but as anything, there are always pros and cons, whether you're working from home or you're working at an office. So when I was working from home, some of the challenges I had is that we did have um, being in more of a call center type environment that I was working in. Uh, We had very strict and monitored schedules. Um, So I would say um, the, the one downside was definitely that we were being strictly monitored of when we were and were not at our desk and our computer was tracking us. And if we weren't um, back during a break, we would be, you know, pinged by someone or messaged by someone that we should get back to our desk. So it removes some of the freedom there. But I think now I'm in a place where, you know, after that time, I decided to move to an office because I missed after three years of working remotely being um, with other people. I miss being with other people. So I joined a company. Um, I know I work at Tinder and it's a really fun, casual kind of environment. And I really love the people that I work with. So I enjoy going to work. Um, There are a lot of perks for us going to work. So that's one thing that inspired me to change from a remote position to a like work at the office type position. And I miss, I definitely like started enjoying going to work, um, but being in LA, we do have a very, very long commutes and very tiring commutes. So I'm now in a different perspective. Um, I definitely am still being monitored throughout the day of, of how I'm working, but it shifted a little bit for me in the type of work that I'm doing. So that's definitely been a big improvement on my stress levels. And then I've also taken a lot of the um, the skills that I learned when I was working from home. And I really feel like they sure did prep me for this moment right now. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. definitely. Right. <laughs> well, when you say you got pinged, um, tell our listeners what that means, because some people might be, you know, who are not used to working from home because of the situation going on right now, might be interested in getting a customer service uh, call center job. What does it mean that they pinged you? Did they ping you on like a cell phone or how did that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, happy to explain. So when I mean 
Ping, I guess what I'm saying is that um, someone at our call center, because we were working remotely, would send us the equivalent of a text message um, through our computer, and they would their job on the other end was to monitor like they're their part of the workforce management. And so um, I don't know how it is at other companies, but I know that when I was working for Apple, that was how it was for us where um, these, these people who are on the workforce team would monitor everyone's schedules and just make sure that we're what they would call um, adhering to the schedule. So mm-hmm. they were schedule adherent, I guess. Um, But anyway, aside the point, it it, it kind of just depends on the type of work you're doing. But I think when you are more remote, I know that a lot of companies probably um, need to find other ways to be in control of um, the things that they might not know, you know, Mm -hmm. or or they might monitor in some way what they can't control. So So just something to keep if you are seeking a remote job um, and it depends on what you do um, you know if you're not an hourly employee that might be different um, for the type of work you do were you hourly when you were working for them at home? yes you yeah were. I was seeking uh, that kind of flexibility and I actually still am an hourly employee I really like um, knowing when I'm done with work that really helps me <laughs> <personally>. it helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> So when you were for the first job for Apple and then you, did you, how did you uh, punctuate your day? Did you punctuate your day? Did you wake up? I mean, you know, I'll tell you the truth about how I do it. I, some days I don't yeah, get dressed right. and, some, and <laughs> some days I don't take a shower sometimes for two days. I mean, and I, I think I just wonder like when you worked for Apple and you knew you did not have an office to go to, was your schedule uh, like to actually get up? get dressed and take a shower or, or, or did you find it sometimes fun to just roll out of bed and go to work? Cause you could sleep as late as you wanted. How did you function? How did you do it? Yeah, it's interesting because when I reflect back, it definitely was the latter. I, I for sure, I want to, I'm hopefully learning from my own mistakes. So please learn from mine, but um, <laughs> that is a tendency. And I think a human tendency that when we have a schedule, let's say we start work at 9am, we're going to get up at the latest possible time we possibly can to sleep in. Mm-hmm, at least that's mm-hmm. how it is for me, unless you arrange your day and you're very diligent about that. But um, when I was working at Apple, my schedule varied, and it was based on our performance. So sometimes I would have a schedule from 9 to 6, but many times I would have a schedule based because of my time zone. Um, I would work from like 1 to 10 p.m. Uh-huh. At first, I was like, oh, that's great. I'm going to be able to wake up in the afternoon, or, you know, I'll be able to sleep in. Or Go to a yoga class. My or- yeah. Oh, yeah. I had so many aspirations. Oh, let me tell you. And what happened? Um, <laughs> Did you do it? What happens is you're going to work at 1 p.m. and then you wake up at noon and you, because I would end work at 10 p.m., um, you know, I would want to stay up a little bit. And, and, and so that was a difficult schedule for me because even though it allowed me to sleep in, it, it really, um, I didn't have as much discipline to create sort of like accountability for me to wake up in the morning. No, Mm -hmm. it's personal for everyone. So that was something I actually learned about myself that really helps me now. So there is something that I do in the mornings now that's really helping me where I, um, 
I have a live stream and by live stream, I mean, um, I get up and I talk to people virtually and I play my music in the morning and I do it Mm. at a certain time. I do it before work starts and it gives me, I I make sure to schedule it. So it's before work. And and what it helps me do is it gets me out of bed. It gets me dressed. It gets me, you know, doing my yoga. So um, they actually see you then on the show, right? They do. Yeah. So there's something before work that holds me accountable, that gets me in motion for the day. And that punctuates your day. What's it called? What is it that it's called? Tell the listeners. Oh, yeah. If you're interested, I have a live stream show called The Morning Song Show. And we just start our day together. um, And I play one song every weekday. So anytime, Monday through Friday on any of my social channels. Oh, that's great. Haley yeah. Dreis Morning Song Show. Is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, yeah, or, or they can follow you on Facebook. Yep. You can follow me anywhere. Facebook, Instagram. You could just go to my website, HaleyDreisMusic.com for details. Um, but I love doing it and it's been a great way to punctuate my day. Um, another thing that has really helped me that I learned from, I guess I should say, is our, any, I think our, our bodies are meant to move throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so sometimes yeah. I would schedule like a workout class, you know, like for the end of the day or at the beginning of my morning. But what I'd find is right in the middle of my work day, I'd feel all cramped up. And what really has helped me is setting a timer. I use timers all the time, whether it's 20 minutes of focused work or 50 minutes, I just make sure that at least once an hour I'm getting up and I'm moving, even if it's just to go get some water. Um, ideally in the middle of the day, I mean, the great thing is now we're able to walk outside here in California, you know, with a distance, a social distance. So I'm anytime the sun is out, which is most of the time, thankfully here in California, um, It's just, I've developed so much gratitude for the sun. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good for you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because that's one of the things is working from home is that you, we don't get to see the sun if we don't go out. We have to sort of make ourselves see the sun. So you need some vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you had to give advice to people working from home, it would, what one of the things would be to get up and move and go outside how many times a day would you say? Oh, well, I'm sure all of it is, is, is very personal to each person. So, you know, for me, I know like, I, and a part, part of that might be trial and error for you. So I would say that um, to just kind of like check in with your, in with yourself and tune in and ask yourself, you know, what gives me energy mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. the first week that you're working from home or the first month that you're working from home, however long this is going to be, um, it's not going to be perfect. So maybe like every hour, just check in and say, Hey, am I feeling tired? I find that if I am feeling tired, moving my body, even though I don't want to is usually better. Right. Yeah. I find so the same thing. That, yeah. 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 I bet. I know that you've mentioned that you walk like 10,000 steps. I know it's a well, very good recommended amount. Wait a minute. Um, that's, my, say, that's my goal. That doesn't mean <laughs> I do it. <laughs> you know, that's funny you say that. Me too. I do not achieve the 10,000 steps most of the time. Even when I go for runs, it's funny. Yeah. It's a hard number. <laughs> it's a hard but number. it's a great goal. It's a hard number. And mm-hmm. you know, I, 
I can look back on my Apple Watch, which I, I recommend an Apple Watch for everybody who's trying to move because it's so great with the many features. And yeah. one of the things that that I do is I went back and looked at my calendar for the last five months tracking my steps. And the, then Michael keeps a diary. So the days that I actually hit the 10,000 steps, every single time I did it, it was, it was days that... Um, that we were delivering the magazine and I was jumping out yeah. of the car, running from place to place. Wow. And so, I you bet. know, but, but it's, then I realized though, for me at 60, it is possible to do 10,000 steps. And then I remember those days, how great I felt on that day, but I find it really hard to be consistent. And so for me, I just try to be easy on myself. If I screw up and don't, you know, I, I tend to set these goals and then the next day I'm tired from it. And so it's okay if I don't right. hit it every day, even every other day. If it's every third day, it's fine, you know. But yeah. I, I think setting it's goals, healthy mentality, yeah, of just that progress, not perfection, but just progress, and knowing that, like, if you're moving your body and you feel energized and that feels good to you, then that's probably working well for you. But I know it can be overwhelming to think, yeah, ten thousand steps, but nonetheless. Sounds yeah, like a so, great goal. so we have to have a goal of movement, right? That's the goal. The goal is just to get up and move. And uh, lately I've yeah. been walking just in the little area that I work in, which is very small where my computer is, and realizing that if mm. I actually stand up and walk while I'm on the phone, I I log in like 80 steps while I do that, yeah. you know? And surprising. So yeah. I don't have so to go funny far. You say that. Yeah. I've definitely heard a lot of people doing those like walk and talks and I find that to be really helpful. If I know I'm going to take a phone call, you may as well go for a walk. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Haley, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you originally wanted to work from home remotely or at least um, when you were a touring musician. So were you touring, yeah. were you performing at night when you were doing that that job before? I was, yeah. So the way that I managed my schedule and I guess the way I still manage my schedule is that um, usually the times that I'm working in these uh, like day jobs would be during the day. Uh And thankfully a lot of the things that I'm doing as a musician would be at night. Um, So it worked out really well for me. Um, Of course now I'm live streaming in the morning, but it also gives me the flexibility if I wanted to play a show or go to a show at night, um, another reason why I like being hourly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so could you take yeah, the yeah. equipment with you when you worked for Apple? Could you take it with you and work from anywhere or would you have to work at a certain place? So it depends on the type of role that you're doing. Um, I'm not sure how it compares to a lot of other remote positions. Um, I know how it compares to maybe like my current position and then the one that I had. So when I was working at more of like a call center customer service type environment, which I'm sure that's a very needed thing right now, if anyone is seeking that type of position. Um, The one thing that um, made it, difficult as far as like traveling um, and especially with a company like Apple, security was a very big concern. So um, making sure that our space was approved and the doors were closed and no one can hear the conversation. So that was more of a concern when it was on a phone call. Mm -hmm. Now I'm working on more 
um, email chat, like more um, remote, not being on a call type of support. And so it gives me a little bit more flexibility. Um, but I think it just kind of depends. There are pros and cons to both. Um, and I definitely find that for me, not being on phone calls and having more of an email-based support is less stressful for me personally. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I can see how that would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that I am actually more remote now because I don't have to find myself confined to a specific space. But I mean, of course, um, you know, if you're working for these companies, likely you're going to need to be logged into their security system. So you might not be able to be on any Wi-Fi source. But if you're at home, theoretically, yeah, that could work really well for most people. Yeah. You know, it just popped into my head and I don't know if I'm imagining this, but Remember in the old days in Las Vegas, Haley might not remember this, but remember cigarette girls, they'd have, they'd have this strap around their neck and they'd have this tray that was like hooked to their chest that would have all these cigarettes on it. And then they would go up and I think, didn't I see a device like that for the computer when you, if you wanted to walk around and do your remote job, you know, like, have you ever heard of that Haley? Like you have a strap around your neck and it's like a shoulder strap. It's like a shoulder strap to hold the computer. Oh no, I haven't heard that. And so like people can, when I had my tread desk, I think that Mm -hmm. I saw a device like that where you can actually walk slowly through your living room and make your email calls. So you don't have to be sitting. I bet there are a lot of options as far as like changing up your environment and how you go about your work setup for sure. Right, right, exactly. So how it makes you feel inside, like dealing with people on the phone versus emailing and being having more flexibility about where you can be and where you can do it and how your body is, what, you know, whether you can get up and down and move. There's so many different aspects of it. Yeah, for sure. I know some people really love being on the phone. They love talking to people. And so maybe that's something that would like energize someone and they'd want to maybe pursue more of that like call center type environment. Of course, depending on what company you're working for, um, I, I I wouldn't personally want to be anyone to to do a collection call or anything like that. Yeah, but, right. um, yeah. <laughs> but of course, like <laughs> for me personally, uh, yeah, I find that like an email environment just works well for me and I'm a writer. So that, that definitely goes well with my personality. Um, oh, that's good. So that's something. Right. For people to consider, like, are you, what type of style, are you a writer or are you more of a personality type that likes to always be talking to people? Are you quiet? Those are things to consider. And then what do you want to do? Do you want to be sitting without getting up? Do you want the company to be, have a chain to you where they ping you if you're not at your desk? Or do you want to just have to have accomplished 80 calls or tickets or whatever the thing is? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking the opposite person of me might want to be yeah, be on the phone all the time and they might want like maybe they, they really hate writing and they don't want to type anything out and yeah. and maybe that person enjoys having the accountability of someone else, you know, being there to remind them to like adhere to their schedule or stay on task. Um for me I'm very self driven, self motivated, more of a writer. Um definitely love to help people. So I feel like the customer support world has been um, something I've been able to serve well in. But at the same time, yeah, I think it's just different for everyone. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Michael and I are so different. You would be the writer type that would want to just answer tickets. I would, 
I'm not self-motivated or self-driven. I'd want to talk to people all day. However, I just was thinking, I was thinking I- about Haley. You know, you know what oxytocin is, Haley? That's a, the hormone oxytocin. It's a hormone that you when you talk oh, to people, yeah. when you talk to people in person and you look them in the eye and you have that whole contact thing, um, you get this. Mm-hmm. You get this hormone. It creates a hormone in your body. Now, so going from working in the office like you have been to now being at home, do you notice a lack? Do you do you notice any kind of a lack of like a lack of a dopamine effect of feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, l- the lack yeah, of effect of being around people. So I think for me, it is, has been the combined experience of like how to manage my interactions virtually and the fact that I'm really fortunate that I have a wonderful partner at home, Lennon. (laughs) And so having someone, some person, you know, I can imagine living alone would be really, really difficult. Um, And you would probably need to manage your virtual interactions more. Uh, for me, like being on the slightly more introverted side, side and also having like my partner at home really, really helps me. And also to know that like the person who I do have at home is someone who I would consider a safe emotional source. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. when I was personally working at Apple, um, not to say that <laughs> the people out there aren't wonderful, but there are some <laughs> people out in the world. <laughs> There's all different types of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little difficult to manage and you have to be on your A game as far as like um, emotional IQ. You really do. So I had to be in that on state all the time. And for me, the customers no longer became my sort of emotional safe place as far as, you know, it it really did take away from that sort of source of oxytocin that you want to call that connection. But instead, when I moved to the my job at Tinder, where I was in the office working with other people, but working independently, I think that gave me that safe space of working with other people and I was still mm-hmm. getting the benefit uh-huh. of around others. Right. So it has been a transition and I'm not going to lie. Of course. Yeah. I, I miss people and I miss my coworkers. I miss my friends. I miss the musicians that I would go see shows and play with. <laughs> so I do miss yeah. that. Um, I know that Lennon, um, my partner Lennon, for example, is having difficulties like, you know, with, the virtual interactions of Mm -hmm. like writing songs. And I think that is very different. So I think there are just some environments that are working well with the virtual thing, but there are some that you can't replicate. Like for example, I have my orchestra. I play in an orchestra once a week and we don't have a way to virtually interact because there's Mm -hmm. too much lag time Mm -hmm. to be able to actually play at the same time. So that just won't work for us. So on that sense, I am pretty bummed out. But yeah, yeah. But it'll will, be it back. Will give we'll give me an opportunity to practice. Yeah, and yeah, it'll we'll be it, back. And when we all go back to our regular days and activities and jobs, it'll be really, really fun. That's yeah, what we have to look forward to. Yeah. It'll be refreshing. <laughs> well, thank you Absolutely. so much. I think, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, oh, you are most welcome. I was just going to say as one last thought, in the meantime, before we all get back to our, you know, quote-unquote, regular lives after the pandemic. Um, 
ends, which I hope is very soon. Um, Some of the things that manage um, being able to manage the work from home life, I think the biggest misconception is that all of the things that are available to us, we have to pay for maybe like we have to pay for a fancy workout class online, or we might have to get a fancy standing desk. Um, But I would encourage anyone to seek any hacks that might work really well that are completely free, like the sunshine outside and going for a walk and your 10,000 steps that you aspire to every day. Yes, that's great advice, Haley Dreis. Anything else you want to tell people? Because you have so much experience working from home. Any other advice? Just... I really think, yeah, just aside from like all of the things that we do have at home. um, Gosh, I was working from my uh, kitchen table, like bar area, and that was my standing desk. (laughs) There are just so many ways that you can make it work. Um, I think we're all going to be fine and just tuning into our own needs. Yes. And you remind me that I don't have to expect the same thing for myself every day. It can be different every day. Yeah, that is hard to change our routines from what we do every day. But yeah, we can absolutely change it up, I think. And it sounds like you do too. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful wonderful talking to you. you And um, we will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to say dot, dot, dot right here to take a short break to give you a message from one of our sponsors. Novari Science is the new option for schools and homeschoolers looking for a rigorous, mastery-based option for middle and high school students. Novari brings fresh thinking to science education, employing strategies and methods that emphasize long-term retention of content. You'll find beautiful, hype-free graphics combined with clear, concise, up-to-date narrative. Novari is now available through Classical Academic Press. Go to classicalacademicpress.com and use code HSM podcast to get 15% off your Novari purchase. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Hi, this is Mary from the Go Home Podcast. And Michael from the Go Home Podcast. <laughs> we, we Hi. Love, hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty, pretty good. Well, We're in California and you're in Denver, Colorado. How exciting. Mm, yes. What's Very it, exciting. What's it, what's it doing in Denver right now? Weather wise. Um, oh, it's pretty warm. It's like 72 degrees. I have a nice view of the mountains. Ooh, I nice. shut the doors so the baby will not disturb this <laughs> podcast at all. The baby. Which is so very, t- very possible. We want to interview him too. So. <laughs> yeah. Get him in there. He'll have a lot to say. So tell the <laughs> listeners, we want to talk about what it's like to work from home because I understand you own Jeffrey Okar Wedding Photography and you are a wedding photographer, which means you mainly go out on big shoots, but more time is spent with you working at home. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Actually the shooting part of photog- of being a wedding photographer is just a very small portion of the whole thing. And, you know, you spend most of your time at home editing photos and, you know, designing albums and all that stuff. So, so you're, you're pretty used to working from home then. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we want to talk today uh, and talk a little bit about you working 
from home in general, and then also focus a little bit on what it's like with this COVID-19 virus, because you now, I know you're married and you have a two-year-old baby. He's almost about to turn two. And you now you guys are all there all the time because we're all in quarantine. So what are the, what are the basic challenges of working from home before COVID-19, uh, do you follow a strict schedule? What are the, what, what's great about it? Just talk about what it's like. Yeah, it's funny because we were just, um, my wife and I were just talking about that right now because the virus sort of amplified the difficulties. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. How so? what I mean by that is we don't send um, my, my son to um, daycare, you know, oh. Benny. Oh, good for you. Are you, Benjamin. Are, you, are you homeschoolers? <laughs> <laughs> so far. Oh, great. <laughs> and so, go um, ahead. Yeah. So, that, so we were, well, not really laughing, you know, because sometimes it gets a little, you know, we debate. You know, I mean, maybe that's a great way to um, put it because we talk about the difficulties and the challenges of trying to work while at the same time giving Benny our attention. And, you know, um, that's the challenge is if Maida, who is my wife, my wife Maida is at her computer and Benny wants to sit on her lap, it's really tempting to turn on the TV to get his attention toward Sesame Street or whatever we put on. And um, we don't want to do that. You know, we don't, we don't want to raise him with the TV. So we stop and we play with him and that's great. But we also have, there's the pressure of getting work done. And so do you guys take turns? I mean, how do you handle that? Do you get up early and she stays up late or how do you, how do you handle that? Um, well, in the beginning, it was just a, a mishmash of tension and, um, Oh, my time is more important. No, my time is more important. No. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you learn and then and then you realize that you have to do that. You have to wake up early and you have to, um, if you want to exercise or if you want to get, you even reading, um, you know, the, the, the newspaper or newspaper you know there's no newspaper anymore but <laughs> i mean reading the news on on the internet or something is a challenge you get up early to do that and and then when everyone wakes up then it it starts and so you just take turns or you know yes i um, I, I i remember when we were homeschooling a, a young a little boy too we I, you have to have something that punctuates your day. I think it took me 10 years to figure that out because we didn't have school and we really didn't have a job, an outside job. So what do you do? What things have you um, instilled in your life to make your day punctuated even some of the time so it feels like there's a natural flow? Um, we haven't, you took you 10 years. So we're, we haven't <laughs> reached that point yet. You know, we're... We're on year two. We're <laughs> it's hard still to do that. But today was a funny day because I think what happens is each of us runs up to our own um, limit of stamina that we have, and then the other one will take over. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like right before you called me, Maya was 
she took a two hour long nap and I stayed with the baby. Oh, good for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the other day I, I thought, you know, I actually thought I had the virus cause I was so, I was feeling so stressed out that mm. I started getting, you know, some of the symptoms, but it was really just me being stressed. Stress, and, right. Right. I, I know what you and, mean. I, I think we have to be really careful to not feel stressed out during this time because stress can emulate some of the symptoms of the virus too. So did you, na- yeah. did you nap after that or what did you do? Well, no, then she, well, I did, but it, like in her own way, she compensated for me. Like she let me be alone in the room by myself, just resting or napping, but just to get enough time. So, so we take turns, you know, with Benny. And as you can see, this guy's a little monster. And he's a lot. To- <laughs> he looks pretty cute. He looks pretty cute. <laughs> so is he the leader in the house? Is, is he I, the boss? Is he the boss? Yeah. <laughs> we already he's, know. He's, we just, we decide he's the king. He's yeah. the king. He's, he's not a dictator. King. Yeah. He's a because he will let us do our things sometimes, but um, we discovered he likes trains. So that's, oh, that's you know, good. That's good. The that's crucial good. thing. But I think the big challenge is now with no work, you know, being at home, you're looking for things to do, but you're also planning for the future. You're planning mm-hmm. for when this thing goes away, you know, you want to get back, run it. You want to, you want to get to Jump it. right in. And, running yeah you don't want to be um oh my god you know these brides are looking for other photographers you want to get those brides before this thing ends because um i have a feeling there's going to be an influx of all these people who want a photographer right right and then you you want to be ready for it so i'm sure there's all kinds of things in i don't know your work but like there's probably things you can do in a grid-like fashion to be ready for that to happen, to prepare and be ready for everything, you know? And, and one thing I can remember, you know, some of my best days when our son was little, homeschooling, homeworking, because like I said, it really took me 10 years to figure out that I had to have something punctuate our day. Because even meals can get like where you... You, you know, when you're not having to eat before you go to a job and the kids aren't having to eat before you go to school, you if you just start eating whenever you want, even that gets really lackadaisical, right? And that's oh, not, yeah. it's not it's good. Like, it's almost like grazing. Yeah, yeah. grazing all day, yeah, long, all day long with everything, <laughs> you know, trying to survive, right? <laughs> so I, I remember certain days because I used to feel really guilty, like when one, the day was one long line and I, did, I just decided that I'm going to institute after like 10 years, something to punctuate my day, right? Mm-hmm. And when Lennon was little, it would be naps. And then, um, you know, if I didn't get dressed all day, which I used to do a lot, I would say, okay, if I get dressed two or three days a week and I just in my week in general, to have to have something punctuate things either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or one little thing that punctuates every day seemed to really help. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying about punctuate. Yeah, no, this is, this is, it's a challenge, you know, because um, just yesterday, Maida said, you know, feel free to go and, um, you know, take, 
you know, change your clothes and take a shower and, and go back to normal life. I'm not saying I'm not taking a shower, you know. No, right. I, I understand. Like, but you just relax and, um, you know, you get into this rhythm of almost like permanent vacation. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yeah, exactly. The days flow into each other and pretty soon a week goes by. Well, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not going to say who, but I know someone in my life. I've, well, I've actually known two or three people who were actually in a psych ward. And the one, the one lady told me that um, one of the things they made her do the second she got there was make her bed every morning, get dressed and eat breakfast at a certain time. And prior to that, she wasn't doing that at all. And I think, well, truth be told, in 40 years of being married, I don't think I've ever made the bed once, have I? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I didn't have to remake it. <laughs> but, you know, if someone makes the bed, if someone makes the bed, it changes the way the whole day feels. <laughs> yes, and does. almost yeah. every day I say, make the bed, Michael. <laughs> Will you Please. make the bed? <laughs> but punctuate. Mike, uh, Mike is a good bed maker. That, yeah. well, that, it, that gives you like a sense of a call. I think even if it's so like a small sense of accomplishment, it's still like a good, great start to the day, I right. think. Right, exactly. I recently read a statistic. Someone said that the like 90% of all of the successful people in the world make their bed every day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on the level, too. Well, I consider myself successful, so you make my bed every I day. I guess so. It's a pro my proxy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am your proxy bed maker. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll but I also heard that people, successful people, have really messy desks. So how are it's your... True. Well, my both of us are successful then. But yeah, our both of us yep. have messy desks. Yep. I, and I also yeah. heard that the Kennedys, you know, which I always looked up to my whole life, and I heard that they were, that John Kennedy especially was completely sloppy. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's just something that I read one time in one of the books about him, that the Kennedys were really disorganized and sloppy. And yeah, and I've heard someone, some famous person uh, said one time that a clean desk was a sign of a sick mind. <laughs> <laughs> I breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> I have that on my checklist of things that I got to get done, but I'm going to, I'm going to that from the, yeah. the board. Well, you know, another thing that has really helped me over the years that I use almost every day, this lady I know named Marsha, she used to get, tell me her house was a disaster and she was homeschooling like we were. And she used to tell me, sit in your house. She, she got into this thing called spatial clearing. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by the disaster, just look at one tabletop and clean and clear that space. And she said, if you do that, it'll just change the way you feel when you walk in a room and it'll make you want to keep doing it and doing it to every single space. So spatial clearing is another thing that really works when you're home 24 mm, yeah. seven. But Jeff, I was wondering if you could give the listeners just an an, an idea of what your, your typical day is like and not like you're giving big advice, but just sharing with everyone else what's going on there because we're all pretty much experienced the same thing. And I think sometimes it's really good to hear other people with, you know, with kids who are home all day, husband and wife, how difficult it is. So wait a minute. Since Jeff usually works from home, does most of his editing at home, do you mean now while he can't go out? Or well, I think for him it's almost the same, but um, just go ahead and just tell us what your day is like now and maybe how it's different from the way it was before the virus, before the quarantine. 
Okay. Well, the main difference is that I'm I'm um caught up with all my editing, so that's kind of like a blessing in disguise, which I I hate to say in in this kind of a disaster you right. know happening, right. but we're, we're caught up. You know, we have no brides or grooms complaining that they don't have their album or they don't have their photos. Everything's caught up, so that's one thing. So, but like Mary said, it's more or less the same because. You know, I usually will get up earlier because um, I want to I want to do those things that I've lost during the day that I don't mm-hmm. have time to do, like read the news on the internet or um, even watch something on on right. TV, right? Yeah. You know, just like a, a movie, even. And then as soon as as soon as I hear the baby, he doesn't cry anymore. You know, he even if he's with his mommy in bed. He'll just yell for daddy, you know, daddy, he'll just go, ah, you know, he'll, he'll signal that he's up and that's like a rooster, you know, that's the rooster. Oh, that's cute. That's great. And the day, the day started. And so I tried to squeeze another five minutes out of my free time, but Maida, she'll She'll do the same thing. She'll moan, you know, and groan to get me to get up and get the baby and <laughs> make just, coffee. You know, <laughs> you make coffee and 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 start giving him breakfast, and then she'll get up. So breakfast is like our first moments with him, and then we'll just get started. And you know, I'll come into my office, and I usually close the door because I need. I need to concentrate. So now with the virus, it's not so much like that, but I'll do things that I, I'll do things that were on my list that I never have a, t- a chance to do, or I don't, now I have no excuse. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great too. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's basically until lunch and then it kind of repeats and then Benny will take his nap and that's like my year's golden time. You know, mm-hmm. she, treasures that but he but he'll do the the you know the the scream from the the minaret you know the call <laughs> to pray you know and then she'll put she usually is the one to go in and and you know get him out of bed and and then it, and then it repeats itself until dinner and then until he goes to sleep and that's basically the pattern of our day so i, I have a question do you ever, yeah. do you ever, can you think of things that would be better if you had to go to an outside office? Like if you had an office, you know, your own office down the street, so you had to leave the your home and go to the office, you know, even though you're self-employed. Like for example, you know? what? Like, well, like to, so he was out of the, out of the house. Oh, you know? right, right. No, no, there's nothing. There's not, the only thing would be the security of having a job and then, you know, having, but, but as we can see, that's not. That's a false security. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. No, no. I, meant, I I just meant if you had the opportunity, if you could set it up so you worked outside of the home for yourself, did what you're doing right now, but weren't oh. doing at home. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe if there was an office, you know, to because that's that's a key, that's a crucial pitfall of being self-employed is yeah. self self discipline. Yeah. And I think exactly. having an office is would would make everything but then again i look at it as then i wouldn't be doing my share with benny you know right you'd miss so much you'd miss so much 
Yeah, and it would kind of fall into that traditional role of the, or or it could be my Gita goes out and one one is like house mom or house dad, and the other one goes out and works. Right. And because whoever's taking care of Benny, it's almost impossible to work. Yeah. You just have to w- wait for nap time. Well, and you so, know, I I excuse me one second. I think that that time will come to an end soon because he's just about to turn two, right? And yeah. Well, I remember when Lennon was uh, really little and Michael worked outside the home and I stayed home, but I had all these typing jobs. And so I used to breastfeed Lennon on my lap. And then when he got to be a toddler, he still wanted me to hold him constantly. And I was trying to get my typing jobs done. So then I started reading all these books about homeschooling and teaching the kid your job. So I started making him hit certain keys <laughs> and type with me at that little apartment in Brentwood. <laughs> and very quickly after that, while I worked, he sat at my feet and played with his trucks and cars because <laughs> he didn't want to work. <laughs> That's a good idea. Well, cause so, so it's like what you can do is eventually sew and lace them into what you're doing for a living. When he was four, he was helping me fill containers because I was a a chef for people. You know, just kind of just lay some and show him what you're doing. See, I'm editing photos, da-da-da. And then make him sit there with you and then and put his cars and trucks at your feet. Because the ideal homeschool and home living, home working situation is to have everybody sort of inter, in, intertwine in the family thing. You know, and and eventually he really he's not going to want to edit photos yet. Uh, just wait. <laughs> he'll he'll when he's ten. Well, when he's ten, yeah. he will. But it's like oh, that's a great, that's know. a great, that's a great tip actually. But I also like it because he he is still attached and he still is involved. You know, and, right. and he'll right. find yeah. his own thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting sick of trains. I'll tell you that. So, like, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time yes. to talk with us today. We're yeah, it's great talking. We're to running you, out of time, but uh, we really appreciate it, and yeah. we will talk to you soon. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. I had okay. a great time. Thank, thank you, you for calling. Good All luck. right. Thank uh-huh. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm gonna say dot 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 right here to take a short break to give you a message from one of our sponsors. Homeschoolers, learn sign language. Alternative subjects are the future. Signing Online offers beginner to advanced web-based courses in American Sign Language at your pace from anywhere with internet access. These courses focus on conversational sign language using videos to demonstrate signing's visual nature and increase learning. Sign language is becoming more useful for any situation that requires silent communication. Visit www.signingonline.com for complete information. Hi, Valerie. This is Mary from the Go Home Podcast. And Michael from the Go Home Podcast. <laughs> We're calling. Hi, Mary and Mike. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good. So you're a, uh, are you a first grade teacher in Phoenix, Arizona or kindergarten? I'm a first grade teacher. Oh, okay. So, so are you actually teaching first graders from home. I don't know how you could do that. Is that what's going on right now? Well, I wouldn't call it actually teaching, although that's on the agenda. Um, we're, <laughs> assigning, we're assigning activities of what we're doing. And, and there's talk of um, actually teaching online, but that hasn't come about yet. Live streaming like? 
Yeah, like on Zoom or Google Meets. Right, right. Right Right now we're just uploading activities. So if you taught on Zoom, would you have all students would log on live while you were on? That's what they're telling me. Um, It depends on how many kids log on. I don't know if they would require all of them to log on at once because uh, it would be hard to get them all to stay focused. How many students do you normally have in a classroom? I have 24 students. 24, okay. So is it difficult? So what are the ages of these first graders? Six and seven. So isn't it hard in the classroom to get them to sit still and do what you want them to do? Um, If you expect them to sit still, but I know that's not really an expectation because, you know, in early childhood, you can't expect them to sit still. You have to give them the freedom to get up, move around, get things. You know, if you don't give them that freedom, there's no way they would sit still. No way. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been teaching first grade? First grade? um, This is my fifth year for first grade. I taught other grade levels. So you have plenty of experience then with uh, sitting still or not? Well, yeah. And I just know, you know, as far as early childhood goes, you, I mean, if you want um, success, if you want a student to be successful and you want them to be engaged, you can't expect them to sit still. I mean, you don't want them, you know, swinging from the ceiling, <laughs> running around, <laughs> jumping off tables. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing now from home as far as teaching goes? Like what you're, you're saying you're making lesson plans. Tell the listeners what you're doing. Well, we, um, my team and I, and there's two other first grade teachers, we have weekly meetings and we communicate by um, phone and text messages too, but Every Tuesday, we have what's called a PLC. And, and what does that, that stand for, in PLC? Professional Learning Community. And they do it, I mean, it's pretty well known in the um, public school system. Mm-hmm. And you just get together. We did this when we were in the school. You, we get together um, at a, a designated time. Usually, I think ours is one twenty till about 2.15. And all of our kids are in specials like mine could be in in uh I think mine are usually in PE and then the PE teacher will take them down to the library and then when I'm done with my TLC I go pick them up and the same with the other two teachers so Mm. we have that hour together and we make plans and sometimes the the reading coach will be there or the principal will show up and they'll or the special ed teacher uh, or the gifted teacher and they'll just give us feedback about kids and ask us if we need anything and it's really nice to have that time. So do you have that online now? We yeah, we do it on Zoom. How do you like that? What does that feel like on Zoom? Do you see everybody at once? You see whoever's talking is on the screen and then everybody is off to the side. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is off to the side. Yeah. You can see everybody. Do you like it? Yeah, do what does it feel Um, like? It took some getting used to, you know. <laughs> so, so how did you I mean, feel? I, you know, did, did you like it or not? Because I just recently did a Toastmasters online Zoom meeting, and it, it actually kind of made me sad because it made me sad that to think that this is what we were going to do from now on. And um, I don't know. Until I, the virus was over. I mean, I guess I thought it was pretty cool that we could do it, mm-hmm. you know, because we had like 30 people on there. But... I, in general, I, it just made me really think about 
why I go to Toastmasters in general and why I want to learn to be a good speaker. And to do it on a screen, it just didn't feel the same way. But so how does it feel for you in that meeting? I mean, do you feel like you can get more involved or are you less involved and you can sort of lay back because you're on a screen? Well, I still get ready. Like I'll think, oh, I better brush my hair and put on a decent shirt. (laughs) Maybe put on some lip gloss. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because they can still see you, you know, and you want to look nice. Well, I always, I also found that I I was spending the whole time looking at myself while everybody. I was doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, look at how I look. I don't like the way I look. And then I was thinking, looking at some of the younger people, well, she looks great. I wonder if she's looking at herself. And (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) I think they all do that. And then I was thinking, I wonder if she's looking at herself like this one girl, I was thinking this blonde girl, she looked like she was about 20. Is she looking at herself thinking, I look really bad on here? Then I was thinking, well, maybe I don't look bad. And I just think I do. And everyone thinks they look bad. (laughs) See, I'm the simpleton. Everybody thinks that. Well, Well, here, I'll give you a hint. Push Push the laptop the further away. It's kind of like taking a selfie. The further you push it out, <laughs> the better you look. The thinner your face will look. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. a great tip. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it too close. I'm gonna do that like, at Toastmasters next week. Put your head a little. What if I put, your see, head, put yeah. way back so I'm like a tiny little bud in the square? <laughs> like every every foot you move back, it's ten years of uh, age. <laughs> well, Valerie, if you normally had an hour to to have the PLC. Now you could virtually have three hours if you wanted it, right? No, she, they don't no, want three no, hours. Nobody will, no, nobody will do it. <laughs> no, they don't want to do three hours. We could no. if we wanted to, but, but I mean, there's no way. Yeah, if you got that much out of it, having it longer, then you could. But do why it. do you say that? Why would you think she well, could get more? Well, because I was thinking that. Well, there's that, really yeah. not three hours worth of things to talk about. In fact, today we have our PLCs every Tuesday, and today they canceled it because they said, we talked about a bunch of stuff yesterday, and we really didn't feel there was anything to talk about. Oh, so we, okay. Right. We canceled it today. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so uh, tell us if you like working from home versus not. Like, if this was the new way, even after the pandemic is over, that, oh, my gosh, because I was thinking— all the things that could change, like I can't dye my hair, but the other day I looked at the gray roots at the top of my head and I thought, I kind of think I might look sophisticated. I sort of like that. <laughs> and in the meantime, my girl keeps texting me, do you want to come to my house? And I'm thinking, well, I just saved all that money, so maybe I don't. And it doesn't really look that bad. I sort of like it. What about all the things? Like, I don't, I really feel like I'm benefiting. I lost six pounds and I've been trying forever to lose weight from not eating in restaurants. And what what if all these things change and some people don't go back to their normal way that they were doing things? And what if schools find out that it's so much cheaper to have people at home and then it ends up having a backwards domino effect in society that moms are gonna stay home with their kids because nobody needs to buy all this stuff like makeup and nylons and school books and all this stuff because everything's going to be done online. Would you like it to be at home permanently? No, I don't think so. I like my classroom. I like going there. I I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Almost every mom I've talked to said the kids really miss school. Even my friends that are teachers that have kids, they say every day, I can't wait to go back to school. They Mm -hmm. like getting up 
getting mm-hmm. ready for school. And in fact, we had an IEP meeting yesterday online. And, and tell the uh, listeners what an IEP is. It's an individual education plan for usually for a special ed kiddo. Or, or problem children autistic. too. Yeah. Well, they have IEPs for different things like behavior, autism, mm-hmm. learning difficulties. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, they have goals on there, you know, and that's what it was for to, to discuss goals for this little girl. And she, she's not, I'm her general ed teacher. So when you have an IEP meeting, you have several people there. You have like the school psychologist, the principal, the general ed teacher, the special ed teacher. Um, there's just a host of people there. Excuse me. And um, her mom, and she comes into my room for uh, calendar and story time because I'm the only one that does calendar and the story. And then she stays for my reading block. So she she's there for like probably a little over two hours, and she does really well. And her mom was saying that she asked every day, when do I get to go back? When do I get to go back? Uh, so they miss it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they, it. yeah sure. it would just definitely change the face of society and people's lives if we never went back. And yeah. and it does make us appreciate, you know, even though it's stressful to get up and get dressed and get ready, uh, it's yeah. stressful, and but it makes us appreciate that we all had a place to go and we all had something to do, but then... You know, but working at home it's could also be, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's difficult all the way around. But so do you punctuate your day with anything special or do you find, cause I know, like I was telling some of our other guests that I, I've been working at home for 25 years, very, I've had offices for five years at a time on several different occasions, but I, I, you know, most of the time I wish I got up and ha- took a shower and walked and, and, um, got dressed and ready and had a punctuation to the day. But most of the time to tell the truth, I don't, I go days without sometimes getting out of my sweats. And I always feel bad that I do that. And I have found that, um, the best thing to do is not be so hard on yourself and realize that every day doesn't have to be the same and that you can actually do be really organized and disciplined or not, and just change it up every day. Right. That's a good thing to do. And in the middle of the day, Mm -hmm. you can say, I'm, you know, I'm right now I'm going to go walk for the rest of the day or whatever. So, um, is there anything that punctuates your day? Well, I'm trying to get on some of what of a schedule because I'm working on a children's book and I'm also working on a, a, another master's degree in early childhood. My first master's is in reading and curriculum. And, Mm. um, and you know, there's, and I'm also trying to get a part-time job teaching Chinese children online, you oh, know, just my. so I can. Wow, you're a busy girl. Have that many <laughs> Gee, punctuation. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just realized that, you know, you can't really manage time. You have to manage yourself, you know. Oh, that's mm, great yeah. advice. That's and what good. do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, well, I have to manage myself as far as like, okay, I can't just sit here and watch TV all morning. Right. Time. Yeah. I say this to my kids all the time. Time is a thief. You know, before I know it, it's noon and I have to have the TV off and maybe, you know, something on the real low, like NPR, which is what I usually put on. Then I, just to jumpstart my day, I'll ride my exercise bike for 15 minutes or so, jump in the shower and then I'm ready to go. And then 
I just try to focus on one thing at a time. Right. And I think it's right. better to do a little bit than nothing at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, right. I'm going to spend, like I said today on my master's, I'm going to spend an hour and a half on my master's. Then I'm going to spend another hour on my book. And I try to ride my bike for an hour, you know, um, but it's hard because you have to have priorities. And if you don't have priorities, you can, you know, there's, in fact, I think I learned this in my master's class that if you have three to four priorities, you'll get three to four things done. If you have, I forget the exact numbers. If you have like four to 10, no, four to six priorities, you'll get maybe three of those done. But if you have more than 10 priorities, you'll probably get nothing done. Right. right. Well, another thing too, that's really great advice too. And I, I think too, that, you know, two things that that makes me think of is we're in this gig society where everybody's doing a bunch of stuff. Like think of what you just said, my master's degree, my teaching job, my teaching Chinese kids online, doing all these things. But do we have gig brains? I wonder about that. I think that's why it's so difficult. Like we don't have gig brains. We have, most of us have brains that are pretty mono, even though some people can do 10 things at once. If we don't have someone telling us what to do and it's really organized, it's super difficult. So I think to be nice to ourselves and realize that our brains are not designed we don't have gig brains. We have regular brains. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think, I think if you have a, a gig, if you have like four different things you're doing, like Valerie's talking about, and you do one for an hour and another for an hour, I think that's a much more interesting life than well, doing it the is. same thing. But when she was, Valerie was saying, you know, that you have to discipline yourself more than anything, right. except more than the outside source, then you really have to have a gig brain. You have to be willing to let go of one thing and move from teaching teaching Chinese English to Chinese kids online to moving to her book and then going to her master's. It's really difficult. That's really hard. Do you have trouble with that, Valerie? Like, do you, do you have to tear yourself away from something you're doing and wish you could spend more time on it, you know, or? Sometimes, sometimes I think, oh, I should just work out, keep working on this. I'm doing so much, but I mean, it's, I don't always follow it, but I do know that it's better to get some of something done than nothing done. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, For right. sure, yeah. And then it's okay to take days and not have anything done, right? Isn't that okay? Do you take days off? Um, I I don't with my, I do with my book, but I don't with my, um, I can't really do that with my um, teaching right. because we have a, 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 we still get our regular salary, but we have a time log on Google drive and we have to log in what we did every day and for how long. And they're not, you know, they know like the other teachers I work with, they said, I'm, it's only really two hours, but today I only put in an hour and sometimes, you know, it's zero. I haven't had zero yet, but I've heard some teachers do, but they, they just want us to do that for accountability. So I mean, I get emails from parents all the time and, it's a website called Seesaw and it's the app is on my phone. So if I get an email I'll, from a parent, I'll pretty much answer it right away because I think that's important. I'm not going to look at that email and say, oh, you know, you can wait until tomorrow. Right. You know, or that's a stupid question. Well, I, mean, I, don't I, I also that. think yeah. that it's important though to say, you know, you, Michael and I, you and I have this issue constantly where you don't have to have to, you could set aside a time to answer emails. And if it elongates into the entire day, 
it just can drive you insane. You know, I think it's okay to- Emails are great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on your phone, texting and emailing all day long. It's so digitally, electronically irritating. And I just think it's really bad to interrupt our um, Executive executive order in our brains all day long. Boom, boom, boom. It's like we're being poked when we're trying to work on something or sleep. You know, mm-hmm. it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. But- well, thank you, Valerie, for talking with us. We're running out of time. And yeah. I oh, really, we both really appreciate taking the time from your very busy yeah. gig multi-schedule that you yeah. have going on. Hey. So thank you very oh, I much. It. And good All luck right. with your Anytime. children's book. Yes, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for being part of our show today. The Go Home Podcast is a production of California Incline, LLC. Our producer is Lennon Leppert. To find out more information about today's podcast and going home, please visit our website at gohomebook.com. If there is a topic you would like us to cover, please email me at mary at californiainclinellc.com. Thanks for listening.